My name is Julie Pratt, and you are in, hopefully this is where you are intending to be, the Doing Church Together, Five Ways to Keep Your Families Together at Church. So if this isn't where you had planned to land, no pressure, you're welcome to get up and walk out, go to where you were intending to go, I'm totally fine with that. If you are, you're in the right place. So... I see a lot of familiar faces, but there's a lot that I don't know, and I want to get to know you, so I'd love to have individual conversations. But to get started, I'll introduce who I am. My name is Julianne Pratt, and um, my wonderful husband, Shelby, and I have been married uh, 22 years, almost 22 years. We're getting ready. We're circling around to that 22nd anniversary here pretty soon. We have three kids, Anna, Chloe, and Samuel. Anna is 16. Uh, Chloe is 11 and Samuel is 9 and uh, of course I love my kids I think they're the best out there what mom doesn't and um, and I was just telling somebody I love this stage and season of life I'm in with them they are all just in really fabulous places they love Jesus they love their church they love school I mean ah, we're in such a good place and it's just really nice as a mom to be able to say man life is good you know so um, it is good and God is good uh, has been really good to our family um, by way of some just kind of background I spent over 20 years in children and family ministry, and then a couple years ago, God started stirring on my heart and then on my husband's heart, and um, <laughs> picture, and um, kind of pushed us into a different seat on the bus, so to speak. So we'd been in you know staff positions and places of ministry, and the Lord shifted us into uh, church planting. And so I'm the lead pastor of our church. We just moved into our permanent building in October. Is that not the most awesome building? And I would love to spend time telling this story, but if you want to hear it, it's an incredible God story about how we landed in this building. We call it the barn, and uh, we love it. It's perfect to the community that we're in. We're in a, a rural community, farming community, um, and uh, it is just beautiful, and I would love to give you a tour, but that's not what we're here to do. So I do love kids' ministry. I'm, I'm fairly famous for being game for nearly anything. So uh, these are um, kids' camp when I got tomato sauce. It was supposed to be ketchup. But can I just give you just, this is like a side note, helpful side note, okay? Ketchup and pasta sauce are not the same thing, okay? So if you get into some type of competition, where if they, you lose, you get sauced, make certain it's actually ketchup, okay? Because at kids camp, of course, you get all kinds of cuts and nicks because you're out in the woods and you're doing all this stuff. And so then they sat me down and they dumped one of those big, huge buckets of pasta sauce, which is salt and garlic and all those other seasonings over my head. And I'm telling you, I was cauterized from head to toe. It was like, ah! You know, it was uh, not my happiest experience. So there's your just little side helpful tip there for the day with kids' ministry. Um, 
One of the things I wanted to do to start this morning was to just kind of get a quick uh, survey or gauge uh, what you're hoping to get out of this session. I came, obviously, with notes prepared, um, but I would love to hear, you know, what it is that drew you to come and sit in a seat in this room. If there's something specifically you're hoping to learn or hoping to walk away with, I'd love to try to make certain it, it gets into this. So does anybody have anything you're like, yep, I know exactly what I, I'm hoping for? Yes. Well, I mean, I want to see how you're integrating, uh, you know, indoctrinating and discipling children into the everyday cycle, the weekly cycle of church life, because it certainly feels like the the two orbits run in yeah. separate worlds. Yeah. And overlapping them is no easy job. So no. How do you work? It's not. You're right, and good because that's a big part of what we're. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> good. Anybody else have something that you're kind of thinking? Ditto. Okay, good. I, I'll take ditto. Yeah? Anybody else? That's generally what we're talking about. Yes? How do you systems and processes develop, to develop more leaders? Ooh, systems and processes to develop more leaders. Okay. I don't necessarily have that tapped in, but I'm going to try to weave that in as we're talking, because it is. It's, it's a different animal, which requires a different type of volunteer structure and a different type of leadership development. That's good. Okay. Nancy? Unique identity with unique uh, educational cognitive levels, meeting them there. Good answer. Good question. I'll try to answer. <laughs> yes? Trying to break that that stigma of, okay, you're the children's pastor, so you're supposed to be my kid's only source for knowledge. Okay. Okay. That might be another session. Yeah, that's a whole philosophy. I mean, it is a whole philosophy. And, I mean, let, let me lay the groundwork and say clearly, I am very firmly in the family ministry camp. So let me take a moment and explain that if you don't know. Generally, those of us who are in the family ministry um, genre, if you will, Consider this model or style of ministry to be different than kids' ministry, student ministry, young adult ministry. And that is because we believe, um, you know, a parent ultimately is responsible for the spiritual um, upbringing of their kid. And a pastor is responsible to just partner and help resource that parent, okay? So we come from a different um, perspective in that it's not our job to do that for the kids. It's our job to partner with a parent so that they most effectively do that with their kids, okay? So then what that also means is we're looking at um, uh, parents um, who are parenting actively birth all the way through till that young adult leaves the home. And so when I talk about family ministry, I'm not just talking about elementary age and lower, which oftentimes we're talking kid ministry. That's what we're talking about, right? But I'm, I'm always considering the above elementary until young adult, college age as part of this as well. So anything we're talking about today um, is with that framework in, in mind, okay? And, and like I said, the philosophy of family ministry is probably a session of its own. But what I'll, I'll say here is just this. I love to talk family ministry. I'm willing to talk family ministry individually at any time. Um, I'll rearrange my schedule <laughs> to talk family ministry. So um, 
I'm going to give you a resource page which has my contact information. If you're on the SCED app, this same page is attached to this session as notes, which uh, has my contact information. Please find me, and we'll have that, that individual conversation, too, because I believe in it. Okay? So I'm hoping, I think, maybe um, what I've prepped for you this morning will, will kind of come into play with what you're looking for. And if not, I'm going to try to leave us some time at the end to, um, to ask some questions that maybe will come up as a result of this. So what we're talking about is um, five ways to keep families together in church. Okay, so maybe your, your model is the very normal age-segregated model of ministry. That's normal. I am not anti-age-segregated. I think there's just a different way to do it. And again, that's another conversation. But this is one, one, one way that you can bring them back together. If you're intentional, you can get them back together and do things together. Remembering, of course, we're coming from the position that this um, is training parents. This is partnering with parents. This is helping parents to fulfill their responsibility. You're facilitating it for them, okay? So we're going to get into five ideas that you could incorporate. Some might work in your setting, some might not. You're going to probably need to cherry pick. That's what you do, okay? I'm totally aware of that, okay? Even my church, let's be clear, even my church doesn't do all five of these, okay? So this is uh, with a broader perspective, not just coming from my individual, okay? So idea number one, keep our families together. This is probably the most common uh, when we start talking about it, and that is family worship Sundays, okay? This means we don't do our age-segregated ministries. Kids are in service together, okay? This is one of the first uh, places. Now, what this is not, let's make this clear, it's not children's programming like a kid gets up and does a Christmas play. That's not a, considered a family worship Sunday, necessarily. Okay, It's not to entertain the adults and grandmas and grandpas. Look what my kid did! And those are great. I'm a mom. I love seeing my kids, right? But that's not a family worship Sunday. Okay, This is not a service, should not be a service, geared and focused toward the children with adults present. Okay? So what is a Family Worship Sunday? It's ways that incorporate a family unit to worship together. Okay, now pause and reflect on that for a moment. We're saying it's not a service focused on children. It is a service intent upon aiding families as a family unit to worship together. Can you see the difference? Okay, the family stays together. Worships together as a unit. Okay? So let me dive into just some real practical ideas with this. What I've seen, what I have done in times. One of the uh, things that I think is great is providing kid-friendly sermon note pages. And here's a couple of them. They're, this is maybe more for younger kids. It says, hey, draw what you heard today. This one is older. It talks about what are you learning about God from this message. Okay, so providing age-appropriate level uh, sermon notes to every kid who walks in with their, with their parent might be a great way. They're in service together as a family, but you're helping to engage them at their level. So that answers the question a little bit about, hey, I know you're uh, in second grade, 
So here's a little pack of crayons and here's, you know, your notes. Mom or dad, it's perfectly fine if you read the question and you quietly during service say, hey, this question is being answered right now. What do you think? Okay. And I think it's important for us to give permission to parents to parent. If you're going to put them in your service, let them parent, right? Because then we all go, that kid's so loud, right? But if the mom or the dad knows we're all relaxed and we're parenting, it's all good, okay? Sermon notes are a nice idea. Here's a, a couple that I've seen that I think are interesting. Back of the sanctuary, kid play area. Because does every kid sit in a chair for an hour and a half service? Is that normal kid behavior? course it is. They're gonna sit and zip their lips and and keep their hands folded in their laps and watch the pastor like that's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Right? We all know if we're willing to admit kids even if we want them in the service, may not make it through a whole service, then we want to facilitate that, okay? So again, this is about giving permission. So this is an idea. Here's something I saw uh, in a church And I think it's fabulous. What that says, if you can't read it, it says, Welcome to parents of young children, relax, first and foremost, okay? God put the wiggle in children. Don't feel you have to suppress those wiggles in God's house. Consider sitting toward the front where it's easier for your little ones to engage. Now, the picture I just showed you had it in the back. But this one's saying, hey, maybe bring them closer to us so that they're more a part of what's happening up front, okay? Quietly explain the parts of the service, the actions of the pastors, the musicians, the leaders, okay? Sing the hymns, pray, voice responses. Children learn behavior by mimicking you. If you have to leave the sanctuary with your child, feel free to do so, but please come back. I love that, okay? As Jesus said, let the children come to me. I love everything about this. We're saying, we get it, your kids are welcome, the noise doesn't bug us, we believe this is biblical. Okay? Great, easy thing. Now here's a church who took that to heart. Every Sunday. This isn't just a special event. Every Sunday, they have this set up in the front of one of their section of pews. And I went, I saw it on Facebook, and of course I dialed in on it, and I went and I read the thread of conversations, and the church actually did a great job of responding to a lot of those, are you crazy? And they said, you know what, yeah, the first couple Sundays it was a little loud in service, but it didn't take too long for the kids to understand when it was the right time to be quiet, and they continue to do so week in and week out, and yet are a part of our service. It's a really interesting idea, Okay. There's quiet toys. It's difficult to see. They don't have any toys available that are going to be ding, 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 you know. It's all foam toys, quiet things, quiet activities. So they, they were intentional about selecting appropriate things to make available, right? It's carpeted. It's clean. It's neat. And see, parents are engaging in worship. They feel relaxed to be a part of worship, Okay. Here's the explanation that this church provides. It says, children at grace, learn as Jesus did. We welcome children of all ages into the body of Christ. It celebrates. It's the same as the other one. We celebrate that God put the wiggle in children. We embrace that. Okay? It's the same, same thing. I really love this. Okay? Now, 
All of this was geared to those really young kids, but we're talking about family ministry, which is all the way up to young adults. So what do we do with those tweens and teens? Well, first of all, I believe firmly they're capable of sitting and listening in service. And part of what we do at the elementary level is we teach and we train so that when they get to that level, we're coaching and we're reminding You are a connected part of our faith community, and when pastor is speaking, it's to you as much as it's to me, okay? Those are important conversations to have with your kids. But another important element that I love and I'm passionate about is because they are just as much a part of the faith community as I am, they have a role to play just as much as I do, and we should allow them the privilege to participate in the main service, Okay, so ideas for that. What do we do? Maybe you have a student who feels called to ministry. Maybe you allow them some pulpit time. Either they do a small message or they do a tag team with you as the pastor, with with your lead pastor, whoever that might be. Man, if I had a teenager who wanted to tag team with me, I'd be on that like white on rice. Maybe not all lead pastors are there, but maybe you can say, you know, fifth Sunday is family service Sunday. It's once a quarter, four times a year. Do you think we could maybe take that one and allow some of our youth who are called to ministry the opportunity? And we'll we'll set it up as a mentoring opportunity. So we'll work with them leading up to that Sunday. We'll read their messages. We'll talk about their points, and we'll make sure that they're all well-founded, that they didn't pull any scripture out of context. And then when it's over, we'll come back and we'll sit down and say, okay, here's some feedback. I mean, that's fabulous for that teenager. That's fabulous for your church. Okay? Consider your tweens and teens. What, uh, what will work for them? How can you integrate them? Okay? That is Family Sunday. Now, idea number two, family worship experiences. This is just subtly different, okay? The difference is families are specifically targeted. They're specifically ministered to. The key to this is taking a time outside of your Sunday morning um, and making this time more uh, geared straight to families, okay? So these would be... um, Activity-based, these would be worship-based, these would be teaching-based. It's not a Sunday morning service. That's kind of the key difference, okay? And that can take a lot of forms. If your church is one that doesn't have Sunday evening services, this is the prime time for that, okay? And we can do all kinds of things. You can plan your own, or there's a number of resources. Things like Seeds Family Worship. Is anybody familiar with Seeds Family Worship? I love them. Seeds Family Worship uh, takes scripture and puts it to song. Um, And then they'll come in and they'll do like a concert, scripture concert, scripture song concert. Another one that does that is Jumpstart 3. Now, Seeds Family, guitars, bass, you know, quiet. And Jumpstart 3, the uh, guy has a mohawk that's pink. And their music's like, hey, 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 okay? So whatever fits in your demographic, probably Jumpstart 3 wouldn't be the right fit for my church because my community is predominantly Mennonite. Um, So I'd probably go Seeds Family Worship, but if you're inner city, jumpstart. This guy is awesome, okay? He's hysterical, first of all, um, and his, his work is great, okay? So two different dynamics there. Know your demographic and select appropriately, okay? In both cases, I'm pretty certain they're not outrageously expensive. They cost money. I'm a church plant. Any money spent hard pill to swallow. Okay, so I get it. But um, they don't necessarily break the bank and bring in them in. 
And then another one is something like a kid's turn or children's evangelist, somebody who comes in with like a prefab program, okay? Kid's turn, I happen to know personally. That's why I got them. There are a lot of those out there, okay? There are lots of fabulous kids evangelists, and if you're looking for a resource, I'll be glad to help you with it. But kid's turn specifically, uh, they come in with a huge set. They have this amazing um, bubble machine that you have to like walk into the tube and then they like completely cover you with foam and they have the most awesome puppet elmer who always says elmer for president and you know they're great they've been doing it for like 30 years so that's the difference between a family sunday and a family worship experience okay i'm breezing through because i'm really passionate about this next idea number three and that is family faith formation okay now, for some people, uh, getting a family to stay together might work better in a midweek experience, okay? So, the key for this is uh, to have intentional uh, leadership for parents, helping them engage with their kids, their students, on a spiritual level. You're facilitating it for them to do it, and you're giving them some form of takeaway to walk away with um, and to continue that conversation moving forward, going home, okay? So this is about, we're going to, basically, we're going to make it happen here. We're going to show you how to do it. We're going to help you do it um, and remove so many times. Parents talk about, we want to, we know we're supposed to, but it's just so awkward. I don't know where to start, okay? This is where you start. You say, right here, come to our Wednesday night. We're going to sit together. We're going to all do it together as families. I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to send stuff home with you, and you're going to be able to just do it at home. Okay? That's what this is about. Okay? So the recipe for family worship is this. Share the truth. Show them how to open God's Word. Experience the truth. Show them how to do hands-on, experiential, age-appropriate activities because the little ride on the orange, the fruit of the Spirit, and open it up and look, it's all in there, isn't going to necessarily fly with my 17-year-old, right? She's going to be trying really hard not to roll her eyes at me, okay? So it includes being aware of the whole gamut of your age, okay? Discussing what we're learning as a family because that's a critical element. Taking away the truth, making sure it stays all centered on the gospel, okay? This is the recipe for family worship, for faith formation, okay? So we're um, targeting truth taught together as families. So they all hear the same lesson. I'm going to show you this in a minute. They all hear the same core truth. They all open their Bible together to the passage and read it out loud together. And again, we could talk about the value of... um, audibly reading scripture together as family and how it changes dynamic. It's really important to do that together. And instead of then sending them off to their various corners, we're putting them together as a unit at a table to share this truth, to share uh, God's word, and to discuss how it impacts them at their stage of life. Because God's word applies to every one of us at every point of our life, right? And that's what you're helping them facilitate conversation about. So me as a mom, when I talk and hear about God's love, it resonates because I got three kids and a husband that I love. You know, that's my impact stage, you know. I had a nine-year-old boy who's like, love. (laughs) 
That's so silly. You know, we talked just yesterday in the car about the radio. The Christian station had some person, I don't know why, call in and talk about, my husband gave me the most romantic gift. And she's like ooey-gooing. And then my son right behind me is like, that is so silly. You know? So what does love mean to him? Okay? His stage of life is different than mine. Right? Okay? So that's what this is about. Taking this gospel truth and inserting it into what their stage of life is. Okay, so... What does that look like? Oops, we got back on this. Oh, no, we didn't. Okay, first, let's break that down. Truth experienced together as families, okay? They will remember longer what they experience than that which they hear, okay? This is across the board, straight up to young adults. It'll stick more when they experience it more than what they hear it. And if you remember that reality, it'll help you when you're approaching this um, because even teenagers will remember it better if it's an experience rather than just a conversation, okay? Something experienced together brings uh, another chance and a better chance for later conversation. When we talk about continue the conversation at home, experiencing it together will help us to bring it back up again later, okay? Kids need to see us as parents also engaging and learning from God's Word. So it's an important part of the process for me to sit down and be like, well, I think this is what it means, but I don't know. What do you think? You know, that we're explaining that we're still trying to grasp the fullness of the gospel uh, along with our kids, okay? What happens is the room fills with laughter, with whispers, with prayer, with movement, and more as they uh, not only hear truth but experience it, okay? These build bridges from abstract biblical concepts to concrete ones that children through adult can understand, and it just facilitates family togetherness, which I love, okay? The second element is a take-home to continue this discussion as families. How many of you send home the little page with your your church kids every single Sunday, and that's the last time you see it? It maybe doesn't even get out of the building, and when you walk out, you find 5,000 of them that you pick up and throw in the trash, right? We're not talking about those, okay? (laughs) We're talking about other ways that they can take something home and, and again, hands-on do it, okay? It's a reminder at home of what they experienced together. And um, because you and I, as leaders, can't go home with them, we're sending home with them something that will spur that uh, discussion. Okay? So let me show you one of the um, things that I have. So you can see, look how many families are here at this particular event. That just makes my heart go (gasps) pitter-patter, okay? So this one had um, them sitting together. They're learning about what's your favorite animal, favorite TV show, Um, getting down to, uh, let's see, what does this say? Asking why. Okay, so you ask them questions, and then you follow it up with a why. And every time they answer a why question, you get a sticker, okay? So... See, there's stickers on them. There's stickers all over his face. I mean, he's going to remember that, right? And here's the key. It says, once they get covered with stickers, leave them on for the whole night. Okay? So then that's just always there. It's present, and it's a part of the conversation that keeps coming up. Okay? And they get around to talking about your hero. And he's like, who's your hero? Mom. Who's your hero? God. Okay? And we start talking. Then it's scripted. The whole thing is scripted for them. Okay? It's made available. It's 
It's easy to facilitate. If a parent feels intimidated, it's right in front of them. If nothing else, they can read it and do what it says, okay? Here's another one. An early arrival activity from the same church, and they talk about the different um, creation, redemption, the fall, and restoration. It's good. Now, here's a good example of the take-home. Look what they did. They sent home a pizza box with instructions on the lid and all the materials that they need. This is a, hey, keep the conversation going. What I have seen, I didn't go grab a picture, uh, is actually takeout church, and it's a checkout bag. So it's intended to come back and get checked back in and then be sent home with somebody else. So if, because that looks like it's primarily consumables, again, my church planner mind goes, oh, I can't afford that. Find, uh, a, you know, bags that are sturdy, canvas or whatever, and put content in uh, that's not consumable but still hands-on and available. And that goes home with all those families after their evening with you. And you ask them to check it. Now, that puts pressure on us to keep track. And did you check out a bag? And I need that bag back. Because, you know, moms like me forget to bring it back again and again and again and again. So, yes, there's definitely that reality. Um, But um, I think it's a good idea. Something to think about. All right, idea number four. Let's move on because we're already getting low on time. Family activities. Maybe you are, this, those are big projects. Absolutely. Maybe you're not there yet and you need to just kind of come in on a little bit lower down on the rung, okay? Family activities. The idea here is um, maybe beginning something family-based on a monthly basis, okay? Consider hosting them once a month, once every other month, Maybe you start maybe you start with once a quarter. I think that's okay. If you're being intentional, that's great, okay? Help your families to begin to spend time together around the topics of family, faith, community and outreach. This is not just about family togetherness. And again, I'm a strong advocate for it because it's not happening enough anymore in families, but that's not what this is about, okay? So the key is that they should have as a central theme the idea of family together talking about faith, their faith community, their community around them, worship, or God's word. Okay? So we're talking about faith formation, not just family togetherness. Okay? So some ideas. How do you do that? Family game night at church. Okay? Bringing them all to church, having fun together, finding a way to make spiritual application in something fun like this. Now, I added this picture because I think it's about the coolest thing I've ever seen. I just found it last night. They made their own family game night trophy. That's like a those red clay pots, and they glued some whatever to the top of it. And apparently, they every time they have a family game night, the grand champion gets gets um, ownership of the trophy until their next family game night. So include fun things like that to make it one of those, you know, I'm going to go because I'm going to win the trophy this time because that's how my little heart would be like, it's mine, you know? You're going to get parents who are going to buy in on that, if nothing else, and then once they're there, great things happen, okay? Another idea, family together dates that include faith talk and time in God's word, Okay? These two are stuff that we've done at my church. My friend Jordan over here. Jordan right here is my kids' ministry director. She rocks, by the way. She created these two. Um, So we do, on Good Friday, 
family communion. We send kits home with our family. It's got a script in the bag, and it says, do family with, uh, communion with your family at home. Fathers, be the spiritual leader in your home. Lead your family to Christ on this very important night. And it's got a beautiful script with scripture. It helps talk why, why Jesus had to die. And they need to understand, he had to die, right? Um, and so it does it, and then it leads them in um, how to do communion together. We do those little cups, right, where it's the cup and the wafers attached on with the little cellophane. We send those home in the kit, okay? The other thing, then, a different vein, but again, a together date. We did the football photo challenge. It uh, went on our social media, and they followed it, and every hour, couple hours, different um, go get a photo of kind of thing posted and so everybody we were all following our social media and trying to scramble and go get pictures of whatever we thought qualified for it and then on Sunday morning it was a weekend event Friday night through Saturday and then in Sunday morning uh, service they awarded the winners which wasn't me but I'll get over it. Okay, and then this is from the Oaks in Texas. They do this thing called the Table Reclaim Mealtime. And they have a whole page, and it's again on the resource uh, page, of, how, of encouraging families to get back at the table, to sit, have dinner together, and use that time well. Okay? I love that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. It's here. It's my goal. Okay? And idea number five. Woo, we're doing it. Idea number five, family service projects. And by that, I mean outreach, ministry, uh, together as a family. Okay? What better way to bring family together than an opportunity to serve Christ and others as a unit? Okay? The key here is engaging family in the act of serving together. It can be one of the most transformational, meaning ways to connect faith to everyday life. How many of you know we see people uh, who compartmentalize their faith? That we just, I just preached about this last Sunday, that there's no outward evidence of your faith life. And I, I posed the question, then are we really Christians if there's no outward evidence? It's a tough question to ask and a harder one to answer, but it's a reality. And, and so we want to help our parents teach their kids there is outflow. There should be outflow, okay? And so we help facilitate with them, okay? So what could that look like? Anything. You can do anything. If you just say, hey, this weekend is family service weekend, you can just tell them, hey, parents, go find something to do together as a family. Post it on our social media, and we'll show it on on Sunday. It can be as easy as that. Or you can provide to them the opportunity, okay? One of the ones on here is a service scavenger hunt. It's available for you to pick up if you're interested. I think this sounds really fun. It's an acts of kindness kind of thing. They uh, need to clean a bathroom. They need to take out the trash. I love it. Maybe I can have somebody come to my house. Vacuum, sweep, unload the dishwasher. Okay, that's in a home. And you actually have here your assigned home. So you can send them to a um, an elderly person in your church or a single mom in your church. You can connect with that mom and say, hey, can I send a family to your house? They're doing this service scavenger hunt. What a fun idea, right? Okay. And then there's things in the community. Wash five car windshields at a gas station. 
How fun would that be if you were on the receiving end, right? You drive in and this family descends on you and they're like, hey, we are doing acts of kindness. Can we wash your windows? I'd be like, yeah. Okay, again, I live in a rural community. We live in a rural community. Is your car always dirty, Sarah? My car is always dirty. We live in the same town. I, I don't, I'm not a farmer. I'm actually not even kind of rural. And so we could discuss how I landed in a rural community. I don't actually know. But... I love my community, but I get really annoyed when I get slowed down by tractors, which happened to me yesterday. Anyway, there's all kinds of things. Help someone bring groceries to their car. Da, da, da. Okay, so they signature, they bring it home, you post pictures, you've facilitated a family serving, serving people, serving community. Okay, this one idea. Another one is <clears throat> dinners on us. I love this. They did a basket, the family went as a family to the grocery store, decided what they wanted to put in a basket for a family for dinner, went and bought it, put it together all cute with a little note, and left it on the porch of a person in need. Okay, great idea. Here's one simple for, you know, a family who did it on their own. This is one of those, hey, make sure your family does something and a family took it upon themselves, okay? So they have this summer of service list, and they're working their way through service projects during the summer. That's great. Maybe you encourage your families, hey, if your kids uh, need boredom busters, here's a great idea. Do a summer of service. What kinds of ideas? Brainstorm. This could be one of your faith formation nights. You sit down on Wednesday night. You talk all about why we all need to be in ministry. And then the takeaway is they go with a handmade, what they decided as a family to do. And you challenge them every couple of weeks from the pulpit, in email, social media, however you want to connect to them. Hey, how's your summer of service going as a family? Post, tell us, do whatever, blah, 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 blah. Okay? That is such a great um, and doable uh, Faith, family, togetherness, and formation activity. Okay? Now, I want to give an opportunity to share, but before I do, can I, can I insert an interesting word of caution? So, you know, I, I love family. And I am, just like many of you, prone to getting on Pinterest and on Google and banging out family, whatever, whatever. And I don't know if any of you have noticed, as I have, Jehovah's Witness and Mormon faiths are strong on family. Strong. And when you do that, the first 20 things that pop up oftentimes our LDS, Jehovah's Witness, or some other. Now hear my heart. I love family, but I want to caution you that if you snag a prefab activity or a page or something, that you screen it for content. You make certain that what you're putting in front of your families is biblical, okay? Uh, I have seen uh, many kids pastors, I see them post periodically. Uh, you know, you can take a pin and put it over on your Facebook, and I see it, and I kind of go, that's LDS. Completely different faith system. They do not believe as we believe, okay? So can I just take this little opportunity to just, maybe that's a soapbox that I need, I'm on, but it's, it's, it's real, you guys. If we're not cautious, we'll put something in front of our families that will not direct them to God. 
All right? So, off my soapbox. All right, so here's an opportunity. Does this bring up any ideas in your minds of, hey, you know, we've done something like this that, that the rest of us could benefit from? Because this, of course, this can go a whole lot of directions. Is there anything uh, that you think of when you listen? If you're describing the different ideas, we started doing life groups at our church, I'm thinking people in our life groups need to bring their families together. Yes. I love it. If we're doing small group, life group, I absolutely believe that you uh, have a job to make sure that there's a place that whole families can go and not just send their kids to the basement when they get there. I mean, we do it too. We're guilty of that. But can you try to be intentional about a small group uh, being one for whole family units to learn together? Which means it's at somebody's home who understands full well it's going to be loud. It's going to get interrupted. Juice is going to get spilled on their carpet. They just shampooed, you know, whatever. But that that intent is to keep them together. It's good. Yes. Um, We've only been our children's pastors for like two months. Yay! Where are you? Real life, Batavia. All right, welcome. Okay. Um, we uh, before we were doing it, um, like children's ministry was first through fourth, fifth grade, mm-hmm. and so since we've been doing it, um, like our vision it was to pull like the families together to connect because good. When we had babies, we were so disconnected uh-huh. being parents and yeah. being in church. Changes perspective. So, um, like part of our vision was to pull like all like cool families like mm. when we have children's ministry events they're not just mm. for first or fifth yes for your teenagers like, yes want the whole family to come yes i always say whenever you're planning any event always insert the question of how can a whole family participate in this because it'll immediately make you think about, well, if they have a baby, this is going to be hard for them. Okay, And sometimes that's okay. Let me just say, sometimes we are targeted in our ministry. But if that is not your intention, it's always good to stop and go, oh, yeah, this is going to be really hard if they got littles. And if they have um, an age spread. Like you heard mine, 16, 11, and 9. When my that tribe was younger, I had a hard time because I had itty-bitty baby. And I had an elementary kid. And, you know, I'm trying to push the stroller, the double stroller. And, you know, I hate those double strollers. You know, while I'm following along behind. So really think about that. Yeah. Even now, I have a high schooler and I have an elementary. <laughs> That's maybe even harder. Right? Finding something that as a whole unit we do together well. It's good. Yes. Um, I noticed a lack of you know events where the whole family could be together in our church. And so I actually my husband and I just recently started a family life group. Yes. But that has morphed into the adults are doing the lesson and the kids are running around playing. Yeah. Somebody that comes has young kids, so I have to expect that to some point. But honestly, that is what I'm looking for. Is that yeah. I don't. I started this life group because I wanted that, and then I don't know how to provide that. Yes. That's what I'm looking for. Is ideas. Okay. Does anybody have an answer? Then I know y'all are smart. I'm not the only family person in this room. How would you do it? Well, I don't. I, I think like something that contributes to that that I'm not fully figuring out. But um, analyze is that. When it is a lot of um, people who work with kids or work with children or uh, any of the youth, like when are they getting filled? Mm-hmm. And so then you're like, well, who's going to teach the kids? Like in this, you know, in that kind of environment, you're like, we wanted to be a whole unit, but someone still is, 
investing into them yes. time and um, you know helping to keep those adults healthy. Absolutely. So I liked that idea, but then they more it, it can tend to morph. So. Do you think something like this might be appropriate in your home? Because then you're helping facilitate. Your parents are, and as a parent and as a church leader, when I get to sit down with my kids and do this kind of stuff, I actually feel fulfilled. I feel uh, resourced. I feel joyful. I feel like it's filling my cup, right? And, and a lot of times that's what we're looking for if we're so tapped because we all tap our volunteers, right? Like crazy. Um, but maybe something like this would work in your home. It, it's a lot more... Uh, work on the front end for you. You can't just stick a video in, let's watch our video, let's do our discussion questions, kind of small group. There's there's work involved in a small group like this on our if we're hosting it. Um, and maybe expense. Um, but I think this would be an answer for you. And I can, actually this uh, website is on the resource page. You should grab it and I'll make sure to show you which one it is. Because that might help you. Yeah. I was going to say, we did um, the Purpose Driven Life life group yep. before in our church, and um, my husband and I are the children's pastors, so yep. we um, did a kids' version mm-hmm. of it, and then some of the life groups were family life groups, and we incorporated different hands-on things as families together. Now, doesn't it have a kids' book that that goes together with the adult, and you they can run them? after. Oh, of course they did. We did, so we right. did our own Good. Yes, I believe. So Purpose Driven Life, if you all are familiar, I'm pretty certain they have the adult version and kid version, and they can run on the same rails beside each other now, and that's another way to do it. Yeah. I don't know what curriculum that you do have, but you can incorporate, I mean, as a children's pastor, like, I think kids. Yes. Right. Taking the discussion home. Yes. You know, it can always adapt it and find something kid-friendly to incorporate the whole family together, and Maybe the kids aren't with you the whole time, but maybe like the first, you know, whatever, 15-20 minutes and focus on that as a family together and then you can like, okay kids, it's time to go have a snack. And I always come back to make sure you include those tweens and teens. We consider a lot of time just the really young ones who come into our group. Let's, I just want to keep harping on that, keep banging that bell. Please think about what's going to work for them. It's critical age. Now, here's just a little tidbit. In family ministry, in children's ministry, we talk about um, fifth grade, right in that up to fifth grade is when most kids' core values for all of life are established by the time they hit fifth grade, okay? So elementary is really important because you're laying groundwork for the rest of their lives, okay? But then we got, you know, six through young adults, and at that stage, they're learning how to implement it. It becomes about coach approach with your kids, and um, we lay groundwork, and now we show them how, we coach them on how to live the life of a Christ follower, which includes, if they're at small group with you, we all go to small group for a reason, right? We're going to learn, we're going to grow, we're going to apply these uh, truths to our life. And so we have to make sure that we're aware of the teens, tweens in our group who are needing to be coached on how you learn, grow, apply this to my life. Because that's what we're all called to do. 
Um, and so there's just, you just always have to come back to that. How am I going to make sure that they engage this and they hear this like I'm hearing this? Okay. Just ask that question. Think through it. It's good. Any other thoughts, ideas? Yeah. Um, we did this with our kids, but I could totally see a family going out and doing this and not being super expensive is buying a case of water and attaching like an invite to your church. We did a thing that said it would be refreshing for you to join us mm-hmm. and had our church information on it. And we went to an area park in the summertime and passed them out with people while we were there. So why we're here. So I think we can pray with you about it. So I could see a family even doing that. Great idea. That's part of that outreach idea, doing outreach together. <laughs> encouraging you know i mean i hate knocking on doors and doing stuff as much as any you know some of us hate that i'm so glad we're past the handing out track stage i mean i hope you're past the handing out track stage let's maybe we need to back up for a second please be past the handing out track stage um so i understand it's hard but when you give them something like that that's easy and you're just saying all you gotta do is say hey i have some water for you it's free would you like it hey it's from my church hope church um, it makes it much easier to do, and you're providing just vehicle for community, for neighboring, um, which is really important as, as a church we need to be doing. Uh, it's good. And it's not that, that expensive. It's really not. Yeah. Um, we just did an event. It was mainly for kids, but um, we did have parents that came. But it's called Boxed In, and um, what we do is we have the kids sleep in boxes, in the sanctuary and they get to decorate their box or whatever and we just have like a really fun time watch a movie things like that but we have a service and then the next day um we go and uh last saturday we did it and we went down to uh, we live in steubenville and we went down to the urban mission and they have a caring closet and so we just like what can we do to help you and so we just great um, help them to sort clothes Mm -hmm. for two and a half hours or something. Yep, facilitating your families doing it together. Here's... My... I'm all about right now escape rooms. Have you guys heard of escape rooms? I haven't done it yet, but I cannot wait. And can you see a whole family doing that together? And how we can spin that into... Jesus is our rescue plan. I mean, there's so much we can do with that, you know? And meanwhile, we're having so much fun. Now, I got to tell you, I am not, I do not have a strategic bone in my body, so I probably will not manage to escape. But meanwhile, we're just having a lot of fun because as a family unit, you're teaching them to problem solve. You're teaching, I mean, as a teacher, I'm a teacher too, bivocational as a teacher. We are always trying to infuse in our kids these critical thinking skills and problem solving skills. man is like right there in front of you so think about that too i just because i it's on my brain i was just looking you can buy um i think they were like 15 dollars the kit to do one in your in like your of your own which in our barn is perfect so i'm going to do the 15 dollars because as church planner i can see that as valuable money spent um and we're going to do an escape room event so you know if you're anywhere near plain city ohio you're welcome to come be part of our escape room when we do it and um but there's a lot that could be done with that again bring the whole family do it and it's fun if you don't know what, how many don't know what an escape room is okay let me quickly tell you this because i like it that much i'm going to take the time to do it an escape room is usually 
It's this like scenario that's set up. You're stuck in a room, in a space, and there's some scenario that um, requires you to solve a progression of problems uh, to allow you to escape. So, it, you know, they can go all over the map in terms of how you're stuck and why you're stuck and what you have to do to get unstuck. But you have to solve the first to get to the next and to the next. Usually it's got like a one-hour time frame, so if you don't get it done, within an hour, you didn't escape. In, in companies that actually have this, you are actually um, in a room, but there's always like an escape hatch. If you freak out, you can get out. So obviously we're not gonna do that kind of stuff, but I just think it sounds like fun. There's all kinds of possibilities there with that, so. All right, we have seven minutes. We're doing good, you guys. Any other questions or? comments or experiences that would benefit all of us? Let me get back here. Yes? I just have a question because we're like at the beginning stages of implementing family ministry, which yes. I'm really, really excited about. My Good. biggest concern is like a family that doesn't have young kids, just teens. Yes. And will this be appealing to them to come at all? Like, What can we do to, to get them to want to come? Well, I guess it depends on what you mean by come, because, of course, I feel like it's a whole total philosophy, which does mean that there are times when it should be targeted. And so you target um, those types of families uh, as much as you target families with young kids in terms of your planning. So they're not going to come to everything then. Right. So. It's starting, you're just going to start to have an activity, like Yes. Yeah. So my my first instinct is something like this. Um, the photo challenge. Actually, we my oldest was the one who kind of was like, we ought to do the photo challenge. Okay, she's sixteen, so it appealed to her. Okay, the table is about your family, whoever you are, whatever your family looks like. So because the other question I often get is, what about single parents? What about foster parents? What about grandparents raising kids? You know, what do we, so we talk about, we're not just talking about uh, biological, we're talking about parents and caregivers, whomever you are. And, and I always want to tell the story about um, my mom, who was raised by relatively absent parents, not Christian, um, had a spiritual parent, a person who said, I'm going to make a difference in your life. And every Sunday went and got her from home and took her to church. And we talk about them as as parent, too, in that whole arena. Um, so that's where I would say coming into some of these. Um, so regardless of what your family unit is and looks like, do this because that's your role in this family unit. That's what I would I would suggest. Does that feel like, okay, that would work? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I was going to say, our last... Year, our focus was God makes his family, whether we're a biological family yeah. or we're singles, retirees. Yeah. We need to fit together as a family, and maybe we reach out to the students that don't get to go home for Thanksgiving. We yes. To our house. Yes, that's a great point. Single adults, young adults who aren't married. We talk about that. You are family. You're part of God's family, too. And th- that maybe requires even more intentionality, and it's a little bit different direction. But we want to consider that um, if, it's, if it's students. How can we help them feel that they're, they're loved and connected to our faith community? If it's, if it's single adults, helping them know they, they are surrounded by 
their tribe, their family, and, and but it requires some intentionality on that too, for sure. Yeah. Did I see a hand way back there? No? Okay. Pastor David. Um, have you experimented with and what use do you find in the curricular resources that involve parents in like their typical kids' church? So are in, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, D6 well enough, but yeah. I assume these are attempts, they are attempts to... Yeah bring the family into the Sunday mm-hmm. weekly event so that they have a basis on which to bring it into family life. Yeah. Have you used them? Uh, yeah. What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Okay, so for curriculums, I'd say across the board, they, it's always a struggle to uh, incorporate family. We use Orange, and even there, I, I, we find that there are shortcomings. I mean, whatever curriculum. Um, so how do you surmount that is you use it for what it is. And that's for content, for, for teaching, biblical teaching. And then you generally have to extract um, the truths and then go and do these types of things. So it, it, it is intended to be just used as packaged, but it's never enough in my opinion. You have to invest in um, more. You have to take it and you have to do things with it to turn it into a full family ministry. So if we're talking about, I don't know, you don't want to line up curriculums, you have to decide what are you trying to accomplish in your Sunday um, environment with your kids. Are you trying to walk them through the Bible? Then there's a more appropriate curriculum uh, there. Are you just trying to, to lay core foundational truths? If you have very unchurched kids and you need core foundational truths, there's a different curriculum you should go. Okay. So as far as curriculum selection, you have to determine um, the, the, uh, what you're trying to teach. And then how do you integrate parents? It's the same in any other volunteer uh, conundrum. you know. I, but I would just say this. There's a little bit of a culture, particularly at the student ministry level, that we don't want parents involved. You know, we want to give those kids an opportunity to be with somebody else. And I agree, we want, we want quality mentors uh, and leaders in our kids' lives. But I will never shut a door on a parent also being a part of our student ministry, of any ministry. In fact, I'd be pretty in- I'm pretty intentional about parents coming into student ministries because we uh, we have a, there's an unspoken uh, message sent when you don't bring parents in and that is that's just your parent and of course we don't blame that we think that's your parent um, and so we want to invite parents and have them just as actively involved in student ministry as any other student leader is we I think that's healthy student ministry. Um, so, I, did that kind of answer what you're asking? Sorry. No? Okay. Re- rephrase for me. Let me try again. Well, no, I think I, I mean, you were touching on it, but um, are these procedures, are these processes successful in engaging parents in the process? I mean, we for years have urged parents take this home, do it with your kids, and yeah. you know, okay. get engaged, and parents don't. I mean, they just feel intimidated. They right. don't feel comfortable. Right. They, okay. It's hit or miss. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, are there processes by which we can get over the, yeah. if I feel like it, hump? Well, there, I think, yes. Okay, there's probably two pieces to this. One is, um, 
as a church top-down, we have to change philosophically as far as age-segregated ministry. That, that is a top-down. You know, it has to be the lead pastor who's on board with family ministry as a model. Um, because then that trickles down to the second part of your question, which is, are we successful? And that is, parents are intimidated um, because they've been raised oftentimes in an age-segregated model. I was. Um, and so I had to figure out how to do it for myself and with my family. Um, and so I think we have to embrace that's a reality for the largest percentage of our parents. And we have to tackle that and say, okay, it is what it is. We're not going to um, speak negatively about parents don't know what to do. Because I think sometimes we're prone to that, right? As kids pastors and we pastors, we talk about those parents who don't get their kids to church. and da, 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 da. Okay. It is what it is, okay? So now what are we going to do about it? And then we become intentional about training. And it, intentional is the word. I hate that word sometimes, right? But um, when we decide we're going to do something about it and we follow through on that, then I think I'm coming a long way around to saying, yes, ultimately I believe it's successful. But it's not It's steering a ship a new direction. It's not a... In one year's time, you're going to see a total change. I don't know if you'll ever see a total change. So when I say yes, it's successful, I'm not saying 100% involvement. I'm not even saying 50% involvement. <laughs> so we obviously have a sliding scale on what we deem successful. But um, yes, my experience is ultimately you will begin to see impact and success in your family. It is a... It is a long process. We were just discussing, we've been talking, we, he came to one of my first sessions a couple of years ago, and he's like, I'm interested to see what's changed. Well, I mean, not a lot. Family ministry is still trying to grow, and, and I'm on that, that you know, mountain trying to siren call it, and I hope you all take it into your churches. Did I answer it that time? Okay, <laughs> try me again. I want to get it right. All right, I think our time is up now. 